Hello everyone, welcome to the pod. Two episodes for you this week. And I mean, it goes without saying we had to do a massive section on Oppenheimer and Barbie Singh. It is pretty much the cinematic event of the summer and maybe even the year as well. So to make this a bit more manageable for you all, because... God knows Jack and I can both absolutely waffle on this podcast and you get some very lengthy discussions. What we've done is we've split it into two. So we've got the Oppenheimer and Barbie discussion on one pod. And then this week's film, which is Pretty Woman, we'll take on a separate one, which we'll deliver to you a little bit later on in the week. So without further ado, here we go. Let's get into a bit of Barbenheimer. And welcome back to BYOB, that is Bring Your Own Blockbuster Podcast on what is going to be one of the most momentous double bills in film history. We've got a momentous film podding duo, even if I do say so myself. You're in momentous. Me. In me, well, yeah, and, and there you go, Ben Haynes. On very, the, on much the your, very much your Robin, Robin to your Batman. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. Why then? I was thinking the Robin to my hood. I was thinking like, what? What's, I don't get where he's <laughs> the going. Robin to your hood. Uh, yeah, it would have been quite obvious, wouldn't it? I just say, just for anybody watching, I am wearing yes, my custom-made oh. Barbenheimer t-shirt. I am, we're... I am so cinema. So oh, you know. we're not. I, this is you said that for people listening, you won't know this because it was a private conversation, but Jack said this week, we're going to start using other software, which basically allows us to actually kind of see each other. Because we started out not doing this over Zoom or anything and just kind of recording ourselves. So it's we bandwidth. can't... Bandwidth. Yeah, so we can preserve this issues. audio quality for you. you know? That's it. Exactly, That's it. you lucky lot. But <laughs> I'm now gutted that I can't see you in your finery. Well, there you go. I mean, you you will get to after this because I'm sure you do watch this oh, front mate, to back. Love it. I yeah. Do you know what? I I actually have a I have a routine with this, and that, I mean, this might be boring as anything, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, so I listen to it when I'm going for a run. So I will like the day after we put it out, I will uh, listen back in full, and then the ne- the day after that, I then watch it in two parts on the train. Quite like that. I like yeah, that. and I mean, it's weird to listen to yourself that much. And actually, it's quite. If you ever, for anyone who's ever recorded a podcast before, you'll know the first few times you listen to yourself back, it's just horrible, mm. absolutely horrible. But once you get past that, it's really good for kind of seeing what we've what we've said and what we've kind of where we've gone with stuff. And I sometimes forget bits that you said. It's quite nice. Notice all the bits where we've interrupted one another and things like that. Oh, God, I've just cut Ben off when he was making a good point. Oh, God, you loudmouth um, tosser. I hate it. Do you know what I mean? It. I always think I that, you know. It. I do that all the time. I hate it. So frustrating. Do, I just want to give a shout out as well to the artist uh, responsible for this. It's, uh, it's a guy called John Atfield. I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't buy this T-shirt off of anybody. I just took your print and stuck it on a T-shirt myself. Rapa Nui, sustainable clothing. Um, but anyway. Oh, mate, that's a great shout. That's where I got the that's T-shirt That's a really, from. really yeah. good shout. Um, and you, did you wear it to said I screenings? I did. Magic. Yeah, I did. I did. That's that's Because like I say, I am so cinema. Ben. So, um, I mean, we don't need to ask one another what we've what we've done this weekend, do we? Should we just should we just dive yeah, straight into it? I have to it, go mate? into it. Yeah, Let's it's too big, isn't it. it? It's too too big. Uh, do you uh, know what I will ask? What did you see? Because I haven't seen Barbie. I went I went straight for Oppenheimer. But what did you see first? Because you've seen both. I saw Oppenheimer because I wanted to see it in seventy millimeter IMAX. That's what Christopher Nolan has made it for. That's what he said. You have to see it and make every effort to see it in seventy millimeter IMAX. I managed to get a ticket on kind of basically the the day when they went on sale. I had email alerts, all that set up <laughs> for the IMAX at Waterloo. Um, oh, no, I'm so jealous. And I, Well, I managed to get tickets for the 8 a.m. showing on the opening day. <laughs> so I took the day off of work. I uh, oh, wow. set my alarm because it was a train strike as well. I set my alarm for... 5.45, or so I thought, <laughs> or so I thought, to get one of the few trains that were going to be available to get me to Waterloo on time. Um, and then I woke up and I was like, it's 7 o'clock. It's 7 a.m. 
Oh my god! And um, we just had the maddest dash to drive part of the way, get a train, but we got there on time. Mission Impossible. Uh, there you go. Keeping it on theme for blockbusters at the moment. <laughs> but we got there on time, and uh, oh yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't disappointed. I would have been devastated. I've been looking. I, I'll honestly say, yeah. mate, this this weekend and this movie and even Barbie too as well. To be fair. But the whole Oppenheimer thing, as I said kind of on last week's pod, I think, it really feels like cinema is back. We've had Indiana Jones, we've had Mission Impossible, now we've got these two. Full screen, like Oppenheimer packed out. Every single seat in the cinema was sold at the IMAX. Uh, My Barbie showing was pretty much the same. People clapping, people kind of, you know, emotionally invested in the films. And I know kind of the whole clapping at the cinema thing is people kind of turn their nose up at it. I don't do it myself, but it felt kind of nice being in that kind of atmosphere for, for both of these films. It's it's such a huge moment for cinema. And it's, I, I you know, it's made me... It, do, do you know what I had, mate? i tell you what, at the end of the day, I had one of those... Do you ever remember when you were a kid, right? And you would have a really, really nice day, a really lovely day, and you'd be really sad at the end of the day. Oh, that is, <laughs> that that is so yeah. nice. That is so nice. And like, no. after it all, Charles was just like, are you, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I've been looking forward to, been looking forward to like oh, this Barbenheimer day for, for months and now it's here and now it's gone. And that just shows me that we're on this, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're on this, yeah, time is ever moving and we're hurtling towards the abyss, but still, you know, good films. <laughs> Not today, though. Today seems nice. <laughs> yeah, but mate, I know exactly what you mean, and that is that. Do you know what? I'll take that as a as a uh, not as a sign of um, that the the end is nigh. It's more a sign that you need to you need to enjoy life and do things that make you happy. You know, I I think it's that the idea that you that there was the opportunity to go to the cinema and see something that is going to be so huge for cinema just in general you know for the for the Mm. film industry to have a day like that to have or a weekend like that even i don't think you can really uh, put enough emphasis on just how big that is i didn't realize until i went to the cinema i mean i bet to be fair i have been going to the cinema at pretty random chaotic times recently just to try and make sure that i can get screeners in and go and get to see films um but this one we went sunday night sort of six ish to the cinema that i go to most regularly which has got 15 screens and it's the first time in ages that i went into the cinema and the lobby was stacked just people all over the place which is really all wearing nice. pink <laughs> you know all wearing their custom barbenheimer t-shirts yeah 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 <laughs> Mate, do you um, know what? One thing I was going to ask you. Go on. Did, were you able to decompress after you had got the late alarm? Because that one, that's one thing that always stresses me out so much is that, oh my God, I've got so little time. Like, did you, were you able to get into the cinema and take a breath before Oppenheimer started? Yeah, before I had to <laughs> be wrapped with, with anxiety again well, for the next exactly, three hours. Exactly, right? just three hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I did, because I was just so pumped. I was so, you know, I was, I was awash with relief that I'd gotten there in time to see it. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I genuinely, I had a popcorn breakfast, as did many other people in the cinema. Yeah, but excellent. It's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's... It, the funny thing is, I actually feel this may be the first time I've ever been to the IMAX, although I do think I've actually seen the original Avatar there many years ago but i haven't been to the big yeah at at least at least i can remember kind of vividly and i don't know if this is a commonplace thing but there was like one of the people that works at the cinema did like a bit of an announcement beforehand did a you know told a few jokes and yeah it was kind of nice they did this whole just you know just to let sort of like when you, you know when you start a flight just the emergency exits are here kind of thing it's a huge screen very steep stairs, so don't go down the stairs, only go up them, blah, blah, blah. But then they were kind of like sewing in all these kind of like Oppenheimer gags and all that type of thing and Barbie gags as well. It was just kind of like, it was I don't know, it was like a sort of a, a nice kind of almost theatre-like experience. Yeah, and a bit more of an event. And I think yeah, that's... Yeah. 
that's probably one of the things that this is this weekend has really brought to the fore is that cinema did actually used to be an event for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, you go to the cinema and it was a it was a big deal going to watch a film. Um, and I actually didn't realise. I mean, I did, I did realise because we've spoken about it a lot on the pod. Um, the state that the cinema and uh, film industry is in. Um, but I think maybe because you and I are so into films and love going to the cinema that it, it's, it's not kind of to us. It's like, well, there's not really a problem. You still yeah, go to yeah, the cinema. Yeah. Everything's fine. And then once you see how much people are talking about the numbers from this weekend and how much people are talking about the interest in the films this weekend, you kind of realize, Oh, maybe, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, perhaps there was more of this around. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do. I, I do know what you mean. I do also think this is huge. This is a massive event. And I think part of the, yeah. it, 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 it's quite interesting because I know obviously Barbie's had a very big PR heavy campaign. Um, and we can talk about that in a bit, but I also think that one of the main things that's kind of really been brilliant about this and this is somebody else's point I've stolen. I heard it on a, I can't remember if it was a podcast or an interview. One of the many sort of pieces of media I've consumed around Barbenheimer over the past few days was somebody saying that for the most part, so much of this hype has just been audience led. It's been created by the mm. people. You know, everyone yeah. has been so excited about this. There's been so many kind of different like outfits. Like, you know, I did my own bloody custom t-shirt or everyone dressing up in different costumes and things going to the cinema. You know, it's going to be... Yeah. I, th I think Barbie is now on track to be the biggest ever non-superhero movie, like, opening weekend. Wow. Um, I think she's... You know, I think they've taken over $300 million worldwide now, which Incredible. is... Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think Oppenheimer's... Oppenheimer's gone way past its budget as well. I think it had a budget of about 100 mil, and it's... I think it's close to 200 mil it's taken as well. So it, it you know, it's 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 sensational and it is just good. Like I say, not even just with these two, with Indiana Jones, with you know, um, Mission Impossible. We've got Napoleon coming up. You know, we've got Scorsese's new film, which can't remember the exact title of The Killing of the Sacred Flower or something. I think it's called. There's some big movies coming up still, and it's. You know, it's Kill just it, killers it, of the flower moon. That's it. it. It feels like, you know, pandemics kind of behind us. It feels like the real, again, not to dig it out, but the real over fascination with superhero movies has kind of faded a bit. And we're starting to see more of a balanced palette. Right. Does that, does that sound, does that seem yeah, fair? Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think also what we've seen this weekend, which is really helpful against that backdrop is that if you do it right, you can make big money from films. You know, if you do commit and you do kind of get the PR right and you do, don't get it me wrong. Like these are exceptions in the, in the size of them, you know, they are absolutely astronomical, but mm. we've also seen Indiana Jones. I know that's the sequel. We saw um, mission impossible. And I know that's a sequel, but they aren't, they aren't superhero films in the kind of classic formulaic style that we've seen over the course of the last 10 years. Um, and they, they've certainly led into this week, I think, which is, it really has kind of teed it up nicely. Um, and these two films, for me, I mean, I obviously haven't seen Barbie, but just the, the way that it's been marketed and the way that people have reacted and responded to it, it's kind of showed that there is still a, a huge opportunity there for original filmmaking if you just commit to it, you know, if you just commit. And, and I mean, we'll come on to talk about this as well, but particularly with Oppenheimer, the fact that it is very much a film, like you said, in 70 mil IMAX and so much done with the technology in the film in terms of the shooting of the film as opposed to mm. trying to create everything from CGI. But I won't go too far down that because I think we, we, we probably all want to get into that properly. Should we start with Well, I, I was going to say, yeah, go on, mate. Let's, 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 let's dive into Oppenheimer. Let's talk about it in isolation. Um, so you've seen it, you saw it yesterday, right at the time of recording? Yeah, so I saw and, and look, I mean, I've got to put my asterisk on this, in that I saw, I didn't see it in, there wasn't a 70mm IMAX showing 
for maybe 10 miles that I could get to. So I haven't seen it on at IMAX. It's very hard I'll, to get tickets from as well, mate, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, mate. It were literally, they were all greyed out on the when I went to go yeah. and get the tickets. It were, you sort of couldn't get them. But I will go and see it again because I do want to both want to see the film again and I want to compare as well. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, even just things like the, the sound. I mean, I went to go and see Dunkirk at a press screening uh, at the Waterloo IMAX when it first came out at 8am, exactly the same as, as you. And I remember at the time, like my body shaking from the sound system. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's really special, isn't it? Like, And I assume it was the same this time around. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's 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 an it's an all-round experience right the size of that screen and seeing seeing a movie specifically shot to be screened upon that the entire wall being the movie you know you feel so immersed in it especially some of those big open desert shots you know Mm. when they're first driving to um los alamos is it yeah i think so When they're first driving across the desert there and things, you and you just see that those huge like kind of American old west kind of, sort of skylines, sweeping, right? Sweeping, aren't they? The yeah, shots yeah. Kind of over the top of the over the sound is amazing. And and equally, kind of the shots like the we see a lot of the, you know, straight or into or just beside the lens stares from Killian Murphy um, down the barrel you just get lost in his face. You get lost in his kind of facial expressions, but I don't, let's, let's not, let's not dig into him. I mean, top line, mate. What did you think? Did, 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 did Oppenheimer years of hype? A lot of people saying this is going to be Christopher Nolan's best ever movie. It was, it was carrying, you know, it was, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation on its shoulders. Did it, did it do it for you? Can I, I'm going to be really cheeky here. I'm going to sort of almost plead the fifth to some extent. I, I I want to go and see it again. That's my top line takeaway. I want to go and see it again because there was so much in this film. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I really, 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 really enjoyed it. But there, it, it, that three hours, it's not, a baggy three-hour film. No. It whizzed by. Like, th- really for does. me, anyway, it, it, it went like that. Like, the entire film, it ended, and I was like, what have I just seen? Yeah. Like, I, it, it, I, I don't know if I said this to you before or after, but it was literally like that bit in A Clockwork Orange where his eyes are kind of, like, pushed <laughs> wide open, and you're just injecting into it the, yeah. the, the colours, the sounds, the, the, the way it's shot. Everything is so like incredibly vivid. Like there's so much packed into every single frame of the film. Even at the beginning of the film, there's there's bits where Killian Murphy might just be standing, looking toward the lens or just off the lens, and there'll be like flickers in a tiny bit of his face that are giving you an insight into his character. Mm. And so I I really enjoyed the film. The thing that the thing that has kind of stood out to me is that I feel like in order for me to truly get the film, in order to truly understand all of the beats of the film, I'm gonna need to see it again. But I would caveat that with like in terms of the filmmaking this is up there with the the best stuff that I've ever seen ever. You know, it, in terms of what he's doing in the film, in terms of the fact that he's created the explosion. I mean, the explosion scene for me is... Uh, sorry, I should have done a spoiler alert there. But I mean, I don't know how much you can spoil literal history. Um but, but there is an, there's an explosion scene that he literally has created. They they didn't use CGI. They created the explosion. I didn't know about this before I went in. Oh really? The way the the way that he played with the audio in that sequence was mag is so powerful, Haunting, so powerful, isn't it? unbelievable. And then on top of that, sorry, I realise I'm sort of going for my life here. On, on on top of that, some of the kind of like I know I bang on about this all the time. Some of the philosophical elements that the the comp, the stuff that he's confronted with as a as an individual trying to understand what he's about to do with this creation 
that he's made. And then yeah. on top of that as well, the cast. I mean, Jesus, I could go on all day about this, but the, the cast, how do you cram that many unbelievable actors and actresses into a film and not a single one of them feel like, oh, well, they've just crowbarred that in there. You know, never felt that way at all. For any I felt of like the they're all on, all on team, right? And it felt like a lot of those, uh, those performers probably wanted very much to be a part of this film as well, right? That they could yeah, sense well, something big was coming. Well, how do you get that many people of that magnitude into a budget of 100 million? Mm. The, 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 the suggestion there is the fact that people have seen that this project's happening and they're saying like, I'll do it. I'll just do it. How do I get in? Like I want, I want in. I mean, I watched a kind of like roundtable with the cast and even the five leads and Chris Nolan sitting there. You're like, this is huge. This is unreal, really, to gather that to gather that group of individuals. Uh, mate, I, I've I've already kind of like started firing off random shots left, right, and centre, like <laughs> atoms flying around all over the place, like they are in the early sequences of the film. What did you think? I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I loved it first and foremost. I, like you say, three hours whizzed by. I was completely just there for it, you know. Um, I, I was absolutely looking forward to it. So you're always going to have that like bit of a worry that it's not going to live up to expectations or whatever. But I was there. I was I was in for it from the kind of the opening shots of seeing the the raindrops hitting the puddles and stuff and the young kind of. Robert Oppenheimer at Cambridge University contemplating quantum physics, you know, um, it, 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 it drew me in. I definitely agree with you to, to an extent on the, the timelines being somewhat kind of confusing. Um, I, I, I did just have to kind of go with it. Um, and you're right. Yeah, sorry, mate. I just, I've got my light flickering behind me, oh, so right. I'm just rearranging because I was like, "This is really throwing me." I'm getting just such no, 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 a no, such right. a such a key part of the discussion, and I'm literally sitting here blinking away. Sorry, go on. But I, hey, I go on, can not well let me just, just let me chuck one yeah, thing. In. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm golden now. Let me just chuck oh, one are, thing okay. into you. Um, it, it, interesting for a Chris Nolan film to have that. Um, juxtaposition between the time like we always see with his films but it to be slightly more vague you know yeah if, def definitely so I think this, the second watch will allow me to I guess dial down more into the into the I don't know the nuances of you know say like Strauss's action Strauss's behaviour what he's you know the impact of what he's doing um in terms of trials that are ongoing mm, within definitely. the film, definitely. But as a, as a kind of as a piece of, I'll say it as a piece of art, um, as a performance, I was lost to it, and I, I went with it. I was enjoying the, I mean, the score is sensational. There was again, I had this strange um, fear that you know Hans Zimmer wasn't available to do it. Long time collaborator with Christopher Nolan, but you know. Um, Good Vig, I think he's the guy that does the um, Ludwig Ludwig Gollinson. He does the Mandalorian um, score as well. Um, I mean, it's it's sensational. It's it's one of those scores that is almost like another member of the cast, right? It completely mm. like. I think he did helps. the score for Tenet as well, right? Did he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is very, very similar in those like big driving tones that you get, yeah. you know, during the action sequences. Although one thing that stood out for me, I don't know if this stood out for you. I felt like this was much more about, um, a, a much more of a character study than, than we've seen in, in previous Nolan films. Cause there's been so much action. When you think about Tenet, Dark Knight, Dunkirk, Inception, so that even though they do have this huge depth to the storytelling, there's usually loads of action as well. And I actually felt like the action sequences in this were, were relatively limited and there was a lot more impact taken from the performance of Killian Murphy, right? Because we're literally, we're glued to him. Like it's, 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 it's him driving the film forward and he is unbelievable in, in doing so. Of course, yeah. And I mean, I, I think it is important to remember because there's a lot of... Um 
you know, there's a lot of discourse out the back of this film about, and I don't want to to spoil any part of this film because I, you know, I, I do want people to go and watch it and enjoy it because um, I know exactly how I felt before I had seen it. Um, but there's, there, there is certain discourse about what the film does or doesn't show um, and, you know, what what impact that has on the historical, I guess, efficacy of the film. Um, but I do think it is important to remember that this is, you know, it's a biopic. It's, 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 it, it is the life of Robert Oppenheimer, or at least it's Robert Oppenheimer's time building the, you know, the, the nuclear weapon that is tested at the Trinity site and then subsequently dropped upon Japan, Imperial Japan, I should say. Um, and the aftermath of that and the, the, you know, the conflicted and I guess shocking reality of that for Oppenheimer himself and the, the people that worked on the Trinity project with him. And so I, I, I do think it is important to, to, to remember that when you go into, into the film, um, that, that, you know, it is a heavy focus on him, but it is based on a book, a biography of his life. And mm. or again, mm. at least his life and time spent at the, you know, at Los Alamos, um, working on, working on the bomb. Um, but you're very correct in saying that it is, you know, a lot of that, that weight falls on Killian Murphy's shoulders. And, you know, I for one, you know, I've been a long time big fan of Killian Murphy. You know, I've spoken on here before how much I've loved 28 Days Later. I loved, you know, yeah. Sunshine, another, another brilliant film that he'd been in. Um, Peaky Blinders, of course, we can't forget that. You know, he's he's, he's had a, 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 a very good, very strong career to this point. And, you know, I mean, I know that sounds like you're almost understating his role as Tommy Shelby in what is probably one of the biggest global series. I mean, it's huge in America, it's huge in Australia, it's huge all over the world for a BBC series. But it's felt like he hasn't had that one big opportunity yet, right? And I'm talking like the serious A-League kind of opportunity. And it feels like, you know, he's he's worked with Nolan for 20 years now. He obviously bears a physical resemblance to Robert Oppenheimer, which helps. Um, but seeing him step up for this role, and I saw an interview with him um, from the BBC interviewed him, and they were asking him, you know, do you taking this step you know Christopher Nolan calls you and says I want you to basically be play you know be in the the role of a lifetime playing in you know this this huge heavy kind of subject matter and it, a lot of it's going to rest on you how do you step up for that and he was just like well you know when Christopher Nolan calls he you, you just say yes you know yeah, and then you think yeah, about yeah. it later right and he just he just does not disappoint in this at all. You know, I I I just think he is, I think he's he's absolutely sensational in this film. He um, one of the points my 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 friend Phil, who I saw the film with, who actually made us the the theme tune for the BYOB um, podcast as well. So thank you for that, Phil. Um, he said, you know what, you don't at all think of him as Tommy Shelby. You don't. You don't for a second no. think of him as that. What a good point. You know? That is such a good point. Because uh, I was thinking about this earlier on, um, and I was thinking about how, uh, as Tommy Shelby, he became a sort of like bit of a sex symbol, you know? He's kind yeah, of like this, this yeah. sort of like people start getting their hair cut and mm. and 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 sort of like carrying themselves in that way and like almost i think stylistically people so there was a, a bit of a move towards kind of styles and trends based off of of what was going on with piggy blinders but um it, it, what's so strange with this is is that you don't see him not just as Tommy Shelby, but you don't see him as anything other than Oppenheimer. Like he's, he carries himself in such a way that you kind of, he's so believable, you know? And mm. I, I know there was a lot of work done in terms of prosthetics and a lot of work done in terms of kind of like makeup to try and um, 
to try and encourage his appearance. But also he, he, he lost so much weight for this. You know, he didn't have much weight to lose, but he had he looked so gaunt and slim. And I saw the cast talking about the fact that they would go out for dinner together lots and they would invite him and he just wouldn't go because he couldn't, you know, because he was literally counting calories every single day to make sure that he he didn't lose, lose an inch almonds, in terms of, I believe he, he I yeah. think that was one of the things I read. Yeah. It just is so weird, isn't it? it? Like it's sort of so bizarre, but at the same time, it's the length that you'll go to when it's, the like you said it's the opportunity of a lifetime and he will i'm trying to think so far what we've had this year that would rival him for best actor in terms of oscar nom i'm sure tom cruise will probably get a get a nod off the back of just the size of mission impossible and the commitment to the stunts but has there been anything else yet so far? I mean, he has to be nominated, doesn't he? I think while you're looking, one thing I will just add to this as well. Um, he, Chris Nolan has to be nominated for an Oscar for this for the direction because pretty much everything, I believe almost everything in the film was done without CGI. So he made everything happen from the explosion of the, the, the Trinity test bomb to kind of like the wet, like I'm, I'm stealing your point here, Jack, but the fact that all of the, the representations of atoms, the, the use of the water, mm. for example, to show the kind of waves coming out from water drops to show that kind of the implications of what would be happening. It is so magnificently shot. And also he, he, they created black and white IMAX film for this. You know, there was no such thing as black and white IMAX film. So they created it from scratch. And like you said on a previous pod, they had um, IMAX film kind of pushed to its very limits to, to make sure that it could run to the, the three hours. You know, it's, it is, the length that he's gone to on this and the commitment that he showed to filmmaking to try and make something that's pure, it would be a crime if he if he doesn't win something around the kind of the direction and the screenplay and, and, and all of his for all of his writing, for the actual creation of the film. If we don't reward that at a time when there is writer's strikes, the, the Screen Actors Guild strike in, um, the Directors Guild has, has, has been on strike as well. If you don't reward, I, I believe the directors have settled, haven't they? So it's just the writers and the, the Screen Actors Guild that are on strike at the moment. If you don't reward things like this, like that, that's a crime, really, because this is what we're all pining for, right? Well, I, yeah. I mean, I say we all, but you and I in particular sitting here being like, <laughs> please, more of this stuff, more of this. Stuff. And the budget was 100 million. You know, this is what he's managed to do on 100. I know that's still massive, but in comparison to some budgets that we that we speak about and some films that we speak about that barely sort of like wipe the face, like this, that's that's not in the grand scheme of life. That's not an enormous it's a big budget. It's not earth shattering, you know, and it's going to comfortably sort of do the Well, when you consider Indiana Jones was about three times that. Yeah, enough. exactly. Mission Impossible, the same, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, Killian Murphy at the moment from this kind of um, looking at sportsbettingdime.com, um, they've got Killian Murphy as odds on to, to take best actor. They're also predicting in terms of nominations... You're going to have Leonardo DiCaprio in there for Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo for The Colour Purple. I didn't realise there was another version of that coming out. Um, Wacken Phoenix for Bo yeah. is Afraid. Um, for Bo is Afraid? Paul, oh, I thought you were going to say Napoleon. Yeah. Wow. No, Paul, and Paul Giamatti for something called The Holdovers. Um, they can't. Bo is Afraid. He can't. He can't. <laughs> I, I, will, I will literally... I will, I mean, uh, I, I would be staggered if Killian Murphy doesn't get it for this. And you know what? And I don't even think he's performative with this. Did you see when he was asked about that um, in the, I guess, no, the I junkets didn't. and things after that? I didn't. They, you know, they said to him, oh, you know, you're, you're surely going to be in with, uh, you know, a nomination for an Oscar for this one. A lot of people are tipping you for that. What do you think of that? And he said, I don't think about that, you know? No, he don't, like, um, you can tell he's not that sort of... He he's does just it not the that art, sort of man. Guy. He's like, he's a, he's a you know... <clears throat> He's, I, I think he's very special and I will be very happy. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, whether he wins an Oscar or not doesn't change the opinion that yeah. I think he's a fantastic actor, but it's 
it'd be good to see him recognised for that. And it's just great to see him step up and and do this, uh, you know, do do the, do the role justice. But yeah, I mean, just the way I think one of the main things is the way he 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 conveys emotion through his facial expressions throughout the film. Um, one of these other interviews I saw was talking very much about how his stature, his his physicality changes yeah. throughout the different timelines depending on where you're at. Um, it's little things like that that I'm very much looking forward to seeing again and i i am i will be seeing this at least one more time in the cinema that, because no movies it, right? you you you've got to see him in 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 the in the pictures man you just have to i think i saw dunkirk three times in the cinema because <laughs> i knew that you know this is watching it at home on tv just isn't isn't gonna isn't gonna crack it right no 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 and and, and you're you're so right i mean that was this is why I sort of am holding off kind of my my final judgment. I know this is a brilliant film. I want to work out how brilliant it is in the kind of... I, I feel like Chris Nolan's almost out on his own in terms of what he's trying to do. And what I want to do is go and watch it again. I watched Inception maybe three or four times when it first came out. I watched Dunkirk twice when it came out. Um... I watched Tenet twice at the cinema and I've watched it loads of times since. I watched Dark Knight multiple times. I I, want to work out where this film sits in the Chris Nolanometer almost. And I know that it's massive. I want to kind of try and make my mind up of where where I personally find it on that scale because I love all of his films so much that that's why I've been so excited for this. You know, that's why I've been, because you know, you're going to an event. Can I, I want to just chuck a couple more things into the mix, if that's all right. I, I was so impressed by Emily Blunt as Kitty. I, I, at the beginning of the film, I thought we may be an hour into the film and I sat there and I'm like, what a waste of Emily Blunt. Like, I, I, I thought this is just like, what, what, what character is she playing? Like, what, how have they sort of brought her into the film? We're an hour in and she's just kind of like this, she's sort of presented as this fairly sort of nothing. You, you're almost invited as the audience to judge her a little bit for being quite a flaky character someone that doesn't really seem to attach herself to much she one of the lines again this is not not a spoiler but there's a line in there about previous marriages that she's had and so you're you're naturally like oh maybe she's someone that will come and go within the film and Mm. then you're made to feel like a total mug about an hour later and again i won't spoil it for people but about an hour later when she hits you with an absolute sledgehammer of a scene and you're just like Oh wow! You you literally I got rope doped watching on. You know, like I sort of you saw her edging into the film, and then suddenly she steals about half an hour of it. In 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 a in a three hour film, there is a half an hour section where I would say I was just mesmerised every time that she came on. I think both her and Murphy as well absolutely nailed that kind of classic. 1940s American accent where it's yeah. almost oh. a bit British. It's very proper, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And he, he actually said that one of his, I guess, sounding boards, one of his reference points for it was, um, good God, what's his name? You know, the, 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 like the national treasure, Tom Hanks was recently in a film about him. Um, it's like an American institution. The guy Not in the, the another day jumper. in the neighborhood. Another- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's his Fred? name? Come on, come on! I can't remember this. Uh, beautiful, um, de- Fred Rogers. Mister Rogers, that's it. Um, that was one of his kind of reference points. Awesome Wells, another one of his reference points. So, it it it, it really stands out. I mean, the pair of them, their chemistry is unbelievable. Oh my um, gosh! The two Incredible. of them are—they're uh, just sensational. Visit. It's not a spoiler, so don't worry about it. I've seen it featured in clip shows and stuff like that. There's a scene when they first meet and he's explaining or trying to explain quantum physics to her, which should be, you know, a pretty dry or at least a pretty complicated scene, but they managed to just make it so, I guess, sexy. <laughs> like yeah, they, they're yeah, so yeah. kind of just in awe of one another and 
It, yeah, they, they, I mean, they're absolutely brilliant. Um, a big shout out as well to to Robert Downey Jr., who I think is brilliant. Oh, absolutely sensational in this film as well. I'd be surprised yeah. if he's not shooing for best supporting. Well, and, and another one, Florence Pugh. She's only in yeah. it for yeah, not uh, in it for again, long, but sort of periods at a time. But she's just phenomenal. And again, this is kind of like. I think this is another thing with Chris Nolan films is that people turn up and they have to play. You know, you can't mm. you can't turn up and be crap because this is, as you probably can see, if you're an actor, you probably can see, well, Killian Murphy, 20 years ago, kind of started seeding his way into Chris Nolan films, you know, yeah. and, and, and he's progressed through. And now I think, I think, I can't remember what the line was that he said. He said, you have... Very few of these days where you know it's your day. And when Chris Nolan rings you up, you know it's one of your days. You know, and like, you, nice, you're, prob you're probably talking, like, if, if you think it like, we, we, you were, I know you're, you're a huge fan, 28 Days Later, like you said, and, and Sunshine Inception and stuff. But he, like, like you said, it's never really been his one has it it's never been no. the one like it's never been the one you, you would look at Peaky Blinders and you say yeah he's the lead in that but it's the BBC TV series you know it's not it's not the it's not this this is this could be and remembered it grew as one over that, time right it's snowballed Peaky yeah, Blinders yeah yeah totally and I mean he had a lovely he had a lovely part in Dunkirk he had a really sort of like and, and I thought it was a phenomenal performance but Dunkirk was very much an ensemble style lots of people sort of getting their time to shine and and I would argue that this is the case for everyone in this film other than him Mm -hmm. It is him. He is, he is the film. And I kind of, I saw a lovely quote from Matt Damon who said that they all appreciated the, um, they all appreciated the role that they had was to support Killian Murphy, who had the film on his shoulders. And and I thought that is like when you get to that point where you you have other people around you recognizing what you're doing in terms of how phenomenal your performance is, and they think I just got to get this guy into it. It's kind of sorry to sort of put a football terminology on this, but it's the way that you see Argentina players around Messi. Yeah, They're like, yeah, we yeah. need to get this guy into a position where he can go out and give give us that thing that we're all desperate to see. And I think they all do that in, in this. Um, one other thing that I just, I, I have to sort of chuck into the mix. I know we, we've got to move on. Still got to talk about Barbie and also this week's film. Um, one thing I really, really loved, if we take your point around the things that we do see and the things that we don't see, there, there will rightly or wrongly be a lot of discussion around uh, around that um and i'm sure there'll be a lot of strong opinions around that one thing that you can't deny is that it really plays with some amazing themes that you don't even realize you're that are, are being played with until you get out of the cinema so one for me was like the idea of ego being this major driver and also your biggest Achilles heel at the same time. Mm. The idea that this guy is so full of his own hubris and so full of his his, his confidence is a bit of a um, is a bit of a womanizer. He's a bit of a cad whilst also being absolutely brilliant and aware of his own brilliance. But that also being a massive flaw, um, and in a race against time, those things kind of equally balance on the scales. Uh, which I just thought was, it was just like, it, 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 that was one of the things that I came away and I thought, God, that is so fascinating because we recognise that in all walks of life, right? Well, it's like Ian Malcolm said in Jurassic Park back in the 90s, wasn't it, mate? The scientists, they didn't stop to question whether they could do this or not. Um, no, but well, it's the other way around, wasn't yeah. it? They only stopped to question if they could not if they should, you know, and yeah. that's kind of, I've butchered that, but you know, there's something, something but bordering it, on uh, but it's like that, 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 <laughs> relevant that is the, the crux of it, right? It's so, 100%. That, it's so uh, like, it, as the film's progressing into that territory, it's, it grabs you. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, I, I know you can't lump everybody into specific groups, but I think, you know, everybody will know what I mean when I say, you know, very technically minded people, people who are problem solvers, people who are mathematicians, physic physicists and such, they look at the problem in front of them and ignore the noise outside of that, right? And their mm. their issue was 
build this bomb, work on the physics to build the bomb and everything. And part of what the film is exploring as well is that as uh, everything that happens outside of the box, right? Once they've once they've filled up everything, they've they've completed that problem. Suddenly, it's the oh god, what have we done? Moment, you know. And it's yeah. it's 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 just it's, it's exquisitely done. And I would say that you know we haven't put any spoilers in here, but you know it's a historical biography, you know, biopic. It's not something that you're really going to have spoilers in. Um, so you don't need to worry about it too much. I mean, the, the emotional tension and uh, the way it's carried throughout the entire film is it's, it's real masterpiece filmmaking. And, you know, I urge you see it in a, see it on as big a screen as you can with as big a sound system as you can. Um, and just lose yourself to it because it's, it's brilliant. And, you know, it's, it's an event where you, we're not going to have, you know, an infinite supply of these, right? These are, these yeah. are special, special, special things that come along every now and again. Um, and the fact that somebody like Christopher Nolan is, you know, like we've said of Tom Cruise previously, someone that is so devoted to the medium of film, to the me, to the, you know, the, the art of cinema, um, just feel very thankful to be, you know, here to 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 witness it and to you get, appreciate it's, it's one, firsthand. You know, it's one of these a year maximum, isn't it? Really, when you think about the the craft of this and this style of film, maximum two two a year, one or two. Like you're you're you you just don't see this that often. I think so. Right, what you say? This is kind of like one of those you've got. To, to go and see it at the cinema and I am 100% going to go and see it again um, uh, even bigger and even louder I'm sure um, and, and I think the sort of um, the other sort of thing that was just really fascinating this that that we get to see what's well, I suppose two things one on your your point there around it being a biopic but there's a moment in the film um and you if you haven't seen it then look out for this line and if you have seen it you'll know exactly the line I mean where um Oppenheimer says shall I come with you to Washington and um um Matt Damon's character turns to him and says why and there is this absolute realization I think coming over the audience that this isn't just a film about a race against time. It's also a, a film about consequences mm -hmm. and uh, losing control um, of something that you thought you had total control over, um, which was amazing. And then also seeing, seeing, the, I mean, we definitely get to see it from the trailer, but seeing Einstein in the film and the, the, some of the themes around eras and eras beginning and eras ending, I, it was just magnificent as well. To think that you you get all of this in one story is yeah, it's it's incredible, and I uh, can't wait to go and watch it again. Uh, we, we we've got to move on to Barbie, haven't we? Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, right, as I've, take as me as into I've, it. As I've said already, one of the I mean, potentially going to be, I think, the biggest ever non-superhero movie opening weekend. I mean, that, that is brilliant. I don't want to diminish that at all. It probably is worth remembering it is based on a highly popular and very successful intellectual property. Um, but that does not take anything away from Greta Gerwig's, I guess, you know, mastery in this as well. We're talking about Nolan there. Gerwig is somebody really relatively starting out in her career as a director i mean let's not forget she's had lady bird a fantastic film previously she said little women but now she's obviously climbing up um to be directing this first huge blockbuster film in barbie and she from everything that you could imagine it would be she takes this in a direction that you know i don't think many people would have been expecting at all and in a way that we've heard many of the actors and actresses in the film saying, I'm so shocked, but thankful that Mattel <laughs> let us make this film. Um, and you can see why when you watch it. I mean, one of the latest trailers, you can see there's a fairly like risque joke where a lot of the Kens um, are all having this kind of 
competition on the beach where they're going to say they're going to beach one another off. Um, and it's kind of, it, 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 this is the general kind of theme of the, of the film. It's playing with the idea of, uh, you know, equality between the sexes, the patriarchy, the way in which Barbie inhabits Barbie land, where it's all essentially through the imagination of a young girl um, who maybe isn't as well, well, who definitely isn't world weary, who hasn't had their innocence taken, if you like, and sees the world in a very kind of, you know, nice fashion until one day, um, Barbie, when they're all doing this kind of big choreographed dance and everything, says, is anyone thinking about dying? <laughs> you know? And then they're all like, huh? And so you see this story start to unfold, um, which sees uh, this main Barbie character played by Margot Robbie, absolutely spectacularly, um, go on a journey of discovery to, f I guess, find out what it is to be human um i won't i won't go into too much more on on that kind of thing and why that is and how that comes to pass um but like i say it is it's 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 a film that is yeah it's pitched at young people but it's also pitched at you know it's it's pitched at the adults it's pitched in particularly at the mums in the audience as well there's there sort of a very good tweet about the film where it was like you know it was a picture it was a picture of like a you know of somebody normal faced and then one of the same person sort of in floods of tears which is like mums at the beginning of the barbie movie thinking they're taking a, their kids to watch a movie mums at the end of the barbie movie realizing that the movie was made for them do you know what I mean? yeah. it's it's it, it's 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 very nice in that way like i say it plays with kind of ideas of the patriarchy but you're seeing a lot of this kind of particularly right-wing conservative kind of backlash towards the film. Oh, it's woke, it's man-hating, it's all this. These people have either not understood the film or not even watched it because the film is very clearly showing you in a very, like, non-preachy, I would say, and in non-judgmental way, how damaging and harmful social constructs like the patriarchy are for both men and women, probably more so for men, which is the ironic thing about this film. Um, it should be one that anybody can enjoy. And like I say, you you go into this, and Grit, Greta Gerwig's done this like perfectly in so much as she's done a lot of the fan servicing. It is, it's pink, it's plastic, it's fun, You've got the kind of Dua Lipa soundtrack in the background. It's it's everything that you think a Barbie movie that was made in, say, 2005 would have been. And then the whole concept just gets completely flipped on its head. And it's a ride. Like I say, I, I, I did a, a tweet um, about it afterwards saying, like, you know, for anybody that was hoping to see Oppenheimer first and then see Barbie second for a bit of light relief. Um, I don't know how to break it to you because that's, you know, that's, that's uh, how I feel about this film. There's a lot to think about in there as well, which is, which is, you know, I guess one might say is kind of surprising, but Greta Gerwig is, I, I really think she's going to be amazing. And I, I honestly, Honestly speaking, I will be probably, in the same way we're talking about Killian Murphy, I will actually be probably quite surprised if she doesn't win Best Director um, as an Oscar because I, 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 know, I think people will be very quick to say, oh, you know, she's just getting this kind of woke vote or whatever because, you know, her film is, she's, she's now the most successful, for, as an opening weekend, the most successful female director of all time. I think she just overtook... Um, uh, Patty Jenkins from the Wonder Woman's film. Oh, let me just double check that. I want to double check that's what the film was. Um, so let me just double check. Yeah, it was Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so she's just overtaken that as being the most successful opening weekend for a female director. Um, it is one of the most successful opening weekends of all time. And the amount of 
different kind of, like I say, issues, themes um, that are packed into this film are, are great. And how it's presented still in an accessible fashion for young people who will be watching that. Um, but more so, you know, it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's well made. The sets are spectacular. Again, like we're talking about with um, Oppenheimer with the lack of CGI, very, very minimal CGI in the Barbie movie as well. It's a, it's a huge reliance upon practical effects as well, even down to the old kind of 1950s style um you know, rolling backgrounds when there's driving scenes and things like that. You know, there's these huge kind of behind-the-scenes soundstage um, photographs and things that you can see of them filming various different bits of the Barbie mobile and stuff. Um, the chemistry between Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling is absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, America Ferreira is, you know, she's fantastic in the film as well. It's I mean, there's 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 a lot in there, and even for people saying that it, it's like this woke whatever film, she even at times pokes fun at this kind of like I guess woke as right wing people would call it culture. Um, well, can I just can I just ask yeah. really quickly what would it, without I suppose it's quite difficult to do without giving away spoilers but when people are making that accusation at the film what is it they're trying to get at is it the way that she's approaching issues that that people might raise within modern day society that might be perhaps more left leaning is that what they're what they would be annoyed at yeah, I guess so, but not even so much that because I think there are plenty of you know one of the main themes of it is, which is in keeping with why the Barbie doll was originally created, is that women their only aspiration doesn't have to be mother, or be a be a housewife. Mm. But if it is, there's nothing wrong with that equally, you know. But Barbie was created in the first place to show that women can be president barbie they can be reporter barbie they can be sports star barbie you know all these different things and that's essentially the point that the film is making um and people just have a have a real problem with that i mean there there, there is a kind of men versus women angle in the film um but even that is very slapstick and like i say ultimately goes to highlight the fact that many of these kind of social constructs are just as, if not at times, more harmful to men than they are to women anyway. So, you know, nobody nobody wins really at the end of it. Um, so that that's kind of, I would say that's the, the main kind of backlash with that type of thing. I would say there's probably other issues that people have with regard to, you know, some of the Barbies are overweight and, you know, you have a Barbie in a wheelchair and whatever, but why not? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. imagine having a problem with that with that type of thing, you know, but still you have the likes of, you know, Ben Shapiro turning up with a notebook, <laughs> going to watch Barbie and complaining about how it was a movie screen filled with mums and young girls and he's surprised oh, by that but my God. i do think it's 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 a film you know we don't need to 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 dwell on those people because it is it's 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 a blisteringly funny at times film with a lot of heart it's like i say i mean to me greta gerwig is another you know she's she's well on the way if not already to be honest like one of the best in the game um I uh, yeah I think this is a real film that you know people should not be put off by the kind of the intellectual property and go into this with a with an open mind and just just enjoy it because it's 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 brilliant it's brilliant like I'm saying that as a 38 year old man right <laughs> that a film that people would think is made for 10 year old girls I got plenty of enjoyment from that in in a and this is a this is a nod to the barbie film in a totally non-creepy way <laughs> so you'll see what that means when you uh, when you see the film will you watch it again yeah i i i would watch it again i, I definitely would i don't know if i'll watch it again in the cinema because you know I, I don't know if it entirely needs a cinema experience as a film 
Um, yeah. But the whole experience was, again, was nice. People were loving it. People were reacting to what was going on uh, on screen. A lot of laughs, a lot of cheers, you know, that that type of thing. It was, that, that was an experience in itself. But, you know, like I say, we've just been talking about the kind of like, you know, how every every frame is a work of art in something like Oppenheimer that you know demands a kind of seventy five millimeter IMAX screen. Um, I don't know if the same is true of Bobby, but that's that's not a criticism of it whatsoever. If anything, one could say that's a criticism of Nolan's yeah. filmmaking that you can't appreciate it as much in a different form. So you know um, you can flip these things either way. Well, um, in terms of the. In terms of the standouts, when I mean, we spoke about the cast in Oppenheimer, how do um, Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie fare in terms of their performances? Are we going to be talking about them come the end of the year, do you think? Are you watching those two and being like, this is a brilliant turn? Or is it perhaps slightly more... Um, I'm not going to say cookie cutter, but is it slightly more straightforward in terms of what they're doing? No, no, I, I definitely wouldn't say so. I think they they've they've done a lot margot robbie especially i mean i think from what i understand this has been a real big kind of passion project of hers as well to bring she's a producer in it right yeah to bring this story to life in like an appropriate way and there's been several stabs at making a barbie movie down the years um and none of them none of them have ever come to life um so this is the first one and margot robbie personally went for greta gerwig to make this film um and like there's a good interview of Greta. Well, it's um, Simon Mayo interview. Yeah, it's really great. That wasn't it. Yeah, yeah. Talking to her all about it. How she was like, you know, I first got asked to do a Barbie movie, and I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that actually, but I'll make it the way I want to make it. I'll write it, and if that kind of you know works for everybody, then it does. But I mean, I just think it's great that they did because I think they've almost probably brought this. I, I, I couldn't tell you what Barbie sales are like amongst kind of young people or, you know, kids nowadays, but I think it's it's probably modernised the whole brand again and oh, mate, I would imagine you not a seen lot of this? people now take it too. Uh, <laughs> right, so I can give you a little bit of intel on this. I don't know how, but I got watching watching a, a, a sort of stocks and shares video the other night about this. Oh, yeah. And basically, like, Barbie's stocks are surging. As a result it of the film. It doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't surprise me. Because I think suddenly people are like, oh, that's why Barbies are made. It's not that she's some airhead. It's not that she's supposed to be this unrealistic body expectations for women type idol. Mm. It's that ultimately the main core belief, the core principle behind the Barbie doll was to give young girls a doll that wasn't just a baby doll as they always used to be, you know? Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just, it expands upon that theme and there's some, yeah, I mean, there's some brilliant, there's some brilliant performances all throughout it. Like I say, you know, Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie, America Ferreira, you've got a good cameo from Will Ferrell in there, who, if we're talking about cookie cutter, you know, he is Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell, but, it's good, you know, right? If you if, yeah, you, if yeah. you like him, if you can appreciate, I, you know, I do understand he's a bit of a marmite figure to 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 some, but oh, I love him, I love him. You know, when he gets it, he 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 nails it, you know. So yeah, it's a great film, and I I, I, I like I say to anybody who's thinking, oh, you know, nah, not for me, just give it a go because it it's, a go. it's 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 very good fun. There's a lot of heart and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot to think about out the back of it. It's pretty much everything that you'd want from two hours in the cinema, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I, I will absolutely sort of bounce along and, and watch it this week. It's really, um, yeah, it's really amazing to think that these two films that are so different have had such an impact, you know, and that you that you come away. I don't want to sort of speak for you, but you come away feeling like enriched by both of them. You know, you sort of come away being like, "Oh, love that." This is probably why you had such a crash afterwards because it is so, like <laughs> that you literally had like two such strong experiences at the cinema. I can't remember the last time. Me and my missus are talking about this actually. I can't remember the last time that I've seen two films back to back that have that I've been like that was brilliant. Oh. That was brilliant, you know, like the, yeah. you, you go and see two in a row and you're just completely taken with them. And particularly this year, I think there's been a lot of hit and miss this year. 
you know, there's been some some good yeah. stuff and some absolute tripe. So, oh man, I'm glad glad you uh, glad you enjoyed it, and I will make sure I get out there this week. I think that's that's the main thing, right, mate? It, 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 you know, been looking forward to both of these films for a long time. Like I was, I was saying to Charlotte, you know, it was, you remember it was a couple of years ago now, probably that those first photos came out. Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie on Venice Beach in the rollerblades filming the Barbie movie, right? Yeah, and everyone yeah. was like, whoa, this is kind of weird. I wonder what this is going to be like, a Barbie movie. Um, not so sure about that. Um, to now seeing it on screen. Same with Oppenheimer, you know, hearing that Christopher Nolan, one of his big projects he's been reading about, researching, writing for years, is about the father of the atomic bomb, Robert J. Oppenheimer, okay, cool, right, we've had lockdown and everything going, sort of mess about with Tenet and mess about with Oppenheimer, the kind of the timelines of everything. But getting there now in the end, seeing both of them and being like, you know what, both of those were brilliant. At least, at least, if I'm being conservative, four and a half out of five for the pair of them. Like, but, you know, just both two brilliant films and, you know, it's a joy to have cinema back as we say so thank you so much for listening to that first part of this week's pod hope you enjoyed it if you made it to the end let's face it you're an absolute trooper but hopefully if you've seen the films Oppenheimer and Barbie we did a good job of breaking them down the film that's coming up this week which we actually went to see um, at Polston Lacey and Open Air Cinema is Pretty Woman and that episode will drop for you a little bit later on in the week